ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and good! From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Thursday, May 2nd edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me for today's edition. We didn't have a show yesterday because of baseball. We don't have a show tomorrow because of NASCAR and baseball. So we're going to make the best of it today. I've got a jam-packed show for you coming up a little bit later on. We're going to hear from Keeneland announcer Kurt Becker talk about the Kentucky Derby that's coming up. Also, Teddy Klumper is going to join me. We'll talk to him about what's happening with the Big Green and a little bit later on as well. David Kahn from the West Virginia Power will be on the program, so we'll get caught up on what's happening with the West Virginia Power. And a note on him, I've got in my notes, do not talk about Survivor, do not talk about Game of Thrones, do not talk about Avengers Endgame, we only have 10 minutes with him or so, give or take. Uh, that is so we can actually talk baseball and get to the other guest on the program. But we got a lot to get into in this segment. Just found out a few minutes ago that uh, a favorite son of Marshall just got cut by the Raiders. Lee Smith got cut. But it looks like, uh, according to some of the pundits, uh, he might be picked right back up. So he is uh, no longer a Raider. So we're just finding that out. Also, uh, just found out not that long ago that the time against Boise State, Marshall and Boise State in football, that game set for September 6th, has been deemed a primetime game on Friday night at 9 p.m. That is 9 p.m. Eastern time, our time, kids. So uh, if you're going to be rooting on a herd football on a Friday night, you're going to be staying up late if you're not making the trip to Boise State. So 9 p.m. is going to be kickoff time there. And I'm just going to tell you right now, we go on the air at 6 p.m. on that Friday for our pregame coverage. Uh, we'll talk about that postgame a little bit later on. I, I'm, if I'm going to be here at 1 or 2 in the morning, uh, there better be some uh, late-night snacks. That's all I'm going to say for the, the staff and crew that bring you that postgame. All right, um, where are we going here? Let's see. Uh, i got to talk about last night. 19,000 showed up in Raleigh, North Carolina. And the captain of the Hurricanes himself, Justin Williams, scored the go-ahead goal with 9.45 remaining in the third period. That broke a 2-2 tie, and that put his team on the verge of a conference finals appearance. Carolina holds a 3-0 lead in a best-of-seven series for only the second time in franchise history. That's going away. They won the first three games in the second round against the Devils in 2006. It was a 4-1 series win. And then, of course, they won their first Stanley Cup that season. That was a great year for Carolina Hurricanes hockey. And I know my guy, Jason Corrier, Sports Information Director over at Marshall University, I know he is enjoying life right now as he is a big Carolina Hurricanes fan. And this is a true story. I come in today, and, of course, Bill Cornwell, you know Bill Cornwell. He's been on the program uh, for a time, helps me out with a, a lot of our broadcast. And he was just telling me that Jason, sports information director at Marshall University, was just going crazy on social media. And I reminded him, this isn't the first time. You're acting like this is the first time. He's been a Carolina fan since I've known him. So well, he's not been bandwagging. Uh, I think just the fact that um, Mr. Corrier is getting to Mr. Cornwell when it comes to um, his fandom. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. But we got several games tonight to get into. Toronto at Philadelphia on ESPN tonight at 8 p.m. 
And then in the NHL, it'll be Boston at Columbus, and it'll be San Jose at Colorado. I am rooting for Boston in that series. And uh, just because um, I work with a guy who's a Colorado fan, I'll, I'll take Colorado in that series. I'll be rooting for them again tonight. So that's what's coming up tonight. And, of course, uh, we are going to have that San Jose-Colorado game over on our sister station for those of you listening live. That'll be coming up tonight at 9.45 p.m. on Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. Now, baseball yesterday didn't um, do so well at the Kennedy Center. Lost an 8-2 contest to Moorhead State. Now the Herd playing host to UTSA. Three-game Conference USA slate set for tomorrow through the 5th. Where season starting to wind down, so it's getting close. We'll see where the herd ends up. If uh, postseason, I think, still a reality for them. Postseason for the Thundering Herd, get into the Conference USA tournament, see if they can make a few things happen. Of course, this program, I still think, is on the upswing. A couple more years, you get the baseball park built. You've got a new tool to recruit with. You get some depth coming into that team. I think they're going to be outstanding in a few years. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to win the Conference USA Championship right away, but I will say this. They're going to have the tools they finally need to be competitive, and I think that's what they need. They've got everything else they, they could possibly want, I think. Now they got the tools, the facility that's going to help them. Now, stadiums don't win baseball games. Stadiums don't win football games. Stadiums, buildings do not win games. But if you've got the right facilities, you've got the right tools, it's on players, it's on coaches. And I think that's all you want. You want to be able to point to Marshall Baseball and say that we got everything you need. If you want to play baseball, why not Marshall? And honestly, I think it's going to be a great economic development boon for that part of Huntington if you get the right pieces in. So we've talked about this before. I won't go into that in depth, but still, I believe good things are happening for baseball. Baseball right now, 23 and 22, but 10 and 11 in Conference USA. They've got some room for growth, and they still have a chance to uh, maybe make some noise. So we'll see what happens here in the next few weeks for Marshall Baseball. All right, let's turn our attention to one of the biggest events of the year, at least in the Bluegrass State. I'm not talking Kentucky basketball. I'm not talking anything that involves the Wildcats, the Cardinals. No, I'm talking the Kentucky Derby. And joining us in a few minutes, we're going to hear from the Horse Racing Radio Network and the voice of Keeneland, Kurt Becker. He'll join us on the program here in a few minutes. We'll talk about the Kentucky Derby. I'm going to tell you this right now. Uh, Omaha Beach was everybody's favorite. Uh, now you don't know what to do. He'll hopefully have some insight for us when we continue as Omaha Beach was a scratch. Hey, I want to know who to pick. I'm just going to go with a uh, I'm going to go with a Bob Baffert team. That's it. I'm going to take either Improbable, Roadster, or uh, maybe Game Winner. I don't know. I like that one. I'm going to take Game Winner only because I like the name. Some of these names I don't like. Um, Country House, don't like that. Um, Master Fencer, no, I don't like that as well. Tax, I don't like Tax, so I'm definitely not rooting for Tax. But we'll talk to Kurt when we come back from break. Later on, David Kahn, West Virginia Power. Teddy Klumper joining us from the Big Green a little bit later on as well. We've got a full show for you here on your Thursday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're just days away from one of the biggest spectacles in the state of Kentucky, the Kentucky Derby. It's a fun time every year. At least I'm told that. I don't actually get to go to Derby Days. Instead, Jason Toy always seems to go to Derby Days. Um, he brings me back a sample. 
that's not fair. But uh, the good news is um, at least uh, we're doing something uh, responsible here. We're actually, instead of talking about all the uh, samples that uh, Jason got to enjoy of uh, Kentucky's finest, we could actually talk about the race itself. And joining me on the program now from the Horse Racing Radio Network, also the voice of Keeneland, Kurt Becker. And Kurt, um, I'm going to tell you right now, um, just the most enjoyable way to ever uh, call, call a guest and answer the phone. So uh, uh, you just put a big smile on my face. If I'll just get, I'll just tell it in a in a brief uh, summary here. I just pulled you out of something very awkward as I called you. <laughs> I, you could not have timed this any better. I tell you what it was. I got lost trying to. Your know, Churchill Downs is a big place, and and we all the races today and. And uh, when I left, it took me about 30 minutes to find my car in the parking lot. So, so someone at the hotel had already heard the story and said, so what's this? You couldn't find your car. And bam, right at that minute, the phone rings, and I see your number, and I said, I'm so sorry. I've got to take this call. <laughs> that's excellent. Uh, I love that. Uh, that's um, saved by the bell. I appreciate that. Uh, so... Um... <laughs> Uh, I was gonna uh, I was gonna hold it against you that uh, you kind of knew Jason Toy, but after that story, you know, I um, I think Jason's <laughs> actually uh, improved his friendship list. You you know, I I tell you, I I had a conversation recently. Uh, I hate I hate to puff up Jason's ego, but uh, I had a conversation earlier this year. I was working a, a NASCAR truck race for Motor Racing Network with. Uh, Kyle Ricky and Kyle and I, after the race that night, we were commenting about what a solid job Jason does on pit road. Kyle Busch had won, and uh, we were just talking about how Kyle Busch, who can be a little intimidating, uh, somehow Jason knows how to get him to open up and talk, and uh, that that's, that's an art form. It really is. So, uh, you know, again, I, I don't want to give Jason so big a head he can't get through the front door of the broadcast headquarters there, but got to got to give the old boy credit, really do. Yeah, and plus the good news is he's gone because he has racing duties this weekend. So um, <laughs> his uh, the way our, our office is configured, my studio door, his back is to my studio door, so thankfully um, we don't have to worry about him. He he must be. Is he off to Dover this weekend? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's off. We got the truck race uh, coming up on Friday. Actually, we're carrying the truck race tomorrow uh, here on. Uh, normally, it's over on his radio station, Big Buck One Hundred One Five. But we've got that right here tomorrow. So uh, he is off. And it's funny. We always seem to carry a lot of Jason toy races. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. <laughs> it is. Well, you know. One of the things that I, I enjoy about, I've known Jason, uh, he and I have worked together since, I guess, the late 1990s at uh, MRN, and uh, I live in central Illinois, and the county fair circuit's still a big deal there, uh, country western concerts at the local fairs, it's a big thing, it's part of our local culture, and I've always loved the fact that Jason has an appreciation for all of those type of things, so, you know, we, we like to give him a tough time, he's uh, He's a he's a big fan of Steak and Shake. We always like to tease him about. Uh, doesn't matter what time of day it is. He's he's up for a run to Steak and Shake. But uh, but heck, we we're the same as him. We're, we have a good time. He's, he's fun to work with. Jason's a good guy. I love teasing him. I've known him since uh, his college days. Uh, I didn't get to see him play much. Well, okay, he didn't play. So um, enough of that. <laughs> He'll tell you that though. He'll tell you that. Uh, we've got the Kentucky Derby coming up this weekend, and I thought I knew what I needed to know. Omaha Beach was going to go and win this thing, and that was going to be my pick because, well, why not? And no, Omaha Beach 
forced to drop out. Now I don't know where to go. Yeah, that that came as quite a surprise. Uh, the the news came yesterday evening at about uh, six thirty Eastern time. Apparently, the horse had developed a cough yesterday, and horses normally don't cough. So when that happens, a trainer will call the veterinarian, uh, and they will do an examination. And the vet determined that Omaha Beach had uh, what he called an entrapped epiglottis, and all that means is uh, he's got a piece of soft tissue that's been slightly displaced just enough to partially block uh, an airway, a breathing passage. So at least the good news for the horse is he's going to be fine. It's a minor surgical repair. He'll be out of training for about three weeks. Uh, We will likely see him at a race later this year somewhere down the road. So that's all a big plus. But it is disappointing because uh, in a wide-open year, he had emerged in the last three weeks or so as the horse a lot of people thought uh, was quite possibly the best of the bunch. He had looked spectacular racing in Arkansas uh, over the course of the spring. But, uh, I mean, where do you go now? Well, as it turns out, uh, good old Bob Baffert won the Triple Crown with Justify last year. Bob is back. He's got three horses in the race this year. And uh, I think now that Omaha Beach has scratched, the three Baffert horses, Game Winner, Improbable, and Roadster, are essentially either, they're either your three favorites or three of your top four at this point. Game Winner, Roadster, Improbable. If I just bet those three, I'm, I should be good. But is there a dark horse coming out of this field now that you really you don't have an overwhelming favorite? It's entirely possible. I mean, you go back and you look at other years where you've had a situation like this. I think uh, 20 years ago, 1999, was was similar, and you had a 31-to-1 upsetter named Charismatic that year. Uh, You you go back 10 years ago, uh, and everybody remembers it poured rain, and uh, a 50-to-1 shot named Mind That Bird just loved the sloppy, wet racetrack, and here he came up the rail and scored one of the biggest upsets in in Derby history. So now, as far as if you're going to say, okay, that's all well and good, but tell me who are the who are the live long shots this year? Yeah, you know, it's it's a tough call because of the forecast for the third consecutive year. We are likely looking at a rainy day and a sloppy racetrack, and that can just change everything. Because then you start looking. Well, who, who has shown the ability to run in in the mud? Who who loves it when it rains? Well. Uh, there are a couple of horses. I'll give you a good example. I'll give you a classic example. The horse in the number one starting position, War of Will. People raved about this horse all winter in Louisiana. Down in Orleans, uh, the trainer and his staff at the barn, they called him the wow horse. He had looked spectacular. He had peeled off three wins in a row, and he wasn't just winning. He was generally winning by some pretty convincing margins. Okay, well, his last start in the Louisiana Derby, he got off to an awkward start. His his hind legs went out from under him. He he never fully recovered. He took a lot of dirt in his face, and he ended up, he finished ninth. Well, you take that, plus the fact he drew the number one starting spot, which is the worst starting spot because you're trapped against the rail. You've got no room to maneuver down the home stretch the first time. What do you do with the horse? But 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 okay, on the other on the other side, he loves to run on a sloppy racetrack. He loves them when it rains, and he loves Churchill Downs. He scored a big win by five lengths there last fall. So if I were going to give you a possible long shot that should love the track and should love the weather as it's forecast, the number one horse, War of Will, is going to be dangerous. And, you know, he's likely to go off somewhere between 20 to as much as 30 to 1. Joining us on the program, Kurt Becker. He is, of course, the voice of Keeneland, part of the Horse Racing Radio Network. 
MRN, anything that races. He's probably got a, a, his hand in it. And um, the Kentucky Derby, of course, uh, the big one for everyone. I'm just kind of curious um, whether or not, I mean, if if it's going to rain again, if it's going to be messy, if it's if it, that's going to be, I mean, what really, you know, are we going to see this weekend? I mean, I'm, I'm more, I'm curious, really, I guess what I guess I'm trying to say is I'm kind of curious to see how this weekend all plays out because the Kentucky Derby itself, the, the final race is not the only thing that's going to be impacted here. And, you know, really this is starting to become a race that's, uh, you know, being characterized by lots of, uh, lots of rain. It, it is. It's been, it's been incredible. We, we had uh, a rainy day in 2017. We had a rainy day in 2018 and the forecast is calling for a rainy day in 2019. Heck, last year we had a record amount of rainfall for the Kentucky Derby. I'll give you another example of when you, when you ask the question, what 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 are we going to see? Here's here's another here's another head scratcher for you. We were talking about Bob Baffert, and he's got these three horses going into the race. Well, Bob has indicated. I think Bob has the most confidence in a horse named Game Winner. I I think Bob believes that's his best shot of the three. But Game Winners never run on anything but a fast track. So so who knows? I mean, he could go out there and love it. He might go out there and hate it on Saturday if indeed it's pouring rain. You, you look at another one of his horses named Roadster. Uh, Roadster should have no problem getting the mile and a quarter, but again, it's a question mark. How will he handle a possible rainy day? Then the third horse, whose name is Improbable, well, everybody says Improbable is not bred to go 10 furlongs. They think he's going to get tired. He's not going to like the mile and a quarter. He's His sire normally sires sprinters, but he seems to love the mud. If you go back and look, he ran a strong second uh, to Omaha Beach in the Arkansas Derby on a rainy day with a sloppy racetrack. So I I, you know, I think you could just make yourself crazy with all the potential scenarios. And uh, I, I tell you what I think is going to happen. And this is what usually happens to me. About the time they're in the final furlong coming to the finish line, I think I've been in this industry for 25 years and I clearly know nothing because it's just it just comes up something that I didn't expect. So, uh, it, 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 but it's always fun. Win, lose, or draw. It's, it's a it's a great day in American sports. Okay, I came prepared for this interview. Uh, weather aside, I came prepared here. So basically, <laughs> I'm either gonna I'm gonna put it down on a Baffert horse, and I got to check and make sure they're all from California because it seems like California based horses uh, always win this thing, except in 2017 uh, for the last few years. So. Uh, I need a California horse and a Baffert horse. So uh, of the three, I'm good, right? You are rock solid uh, from start to finish. There, it, with if, if that's going to be your strategy, because Bob is Bob is based in California. Game winner and Roadster, they they're going to be coming out of the Santa Anita Derby, so they made their final prep uh, in California. His horse is probable. He shipped out of California uh, to Arkansas, and you'll see Bob do that. You know, it's a problem, but it's a good problem to have when you've got a barn that's so full of Derby candidates, and you've got to score enough points with each one to earn a spot in the starting gate. You don't want to race them all head to head in California, so he took Improbable and shipped him out to Arkansas to Hot Springs to uh, to prep for the Derby. Gave a very good account of himself. Yeah, look, as the saying goes, the Kentucky Derby goes through Bob Baffert. I mean, this time he's won five editions of the Derby. If he wins this one, he will be tied as the winningest Derby trainer in history, and that, that's a noteworthy achievement. Joining us on the program, Kurt Becker from the Horse Racing Radio Network, also the voice of Keeneland. 
and uh, pretty much uh, he's the guy you should base your strategy on. Uh, don't do it on mine. Base it on him as far as this thing is concerned. And do you feel that there's been maybe uh, – I don't know if there's been a, a renewed interest with the fact that now we've got a Triple Crown winner and that's becoming more of a thing, or – has it died down now that we've seen a triple crown winner and the excitement, the tension, the, oh, we're going to get one has kind of made it. All right, we've got that now. What else you got for us? You, you know, I, I think it has helped in this regard. And I just based this on conversations I have with friends of mine who don't follow horse racing on a regular basis. They've come to know who Bob Baffert is, or if, even if they don't remember his name, they know him to see him. They'll say, you know, the, the white-haired guy has a whole disability this year. They, he's a memorable kind of fella. And, and I think that's a big plus. Uh, I don't care what the sport is, who the team is, or who the individual is. When someone accomplishes extraordinary things, it's going to heighten interest in that sport or at least in that person to a certain degree because, frankly, people want to see, can this individual keep this string of success going? Now, with that said, it's a two-edged sword. It was wonderful to have two Triple Crown winners in the last four to five years with American Pharaoh and Justify. But then you run into the, the the, the question, okay, uh, do would it be best now if we went through another period where we don't see a Triple Crown winner for a while? Because uh, you want those moments to be exclusive. You want them to be rare. You want them to be special to retain their meaning. And uh, as much fun as it might sound to have hope for another Triple Crown winner this year or next year or the year after that, uh, as, as my... <laughs> As my Motor Racing Network colleague Alex Hayden likes to say, if you start having special moments every year or every month, then pretty soon none of those moments are truly special anymore. So I think it has helped uh, at least this time of year. But by the same token, I, I can't say definitively that that has made a, a huge impact in terms of attendance or wagering. Kurt Becker is our guest, Horse Racing Radio Network, MRN, Voice of Keeneland. And I get to talk to him once a year because uh, that's the time of the year I actually start paying attention to horse racing again. But I will say this, uh, Kurt, I'm paying more attention now that we've had these few years of, of, I think, the golden age, the new golden age of horse racing, or at least, okay, the triple crown version of it. And I think that's fair. And the beauty of a triple crown is the fact that you know it isn't going to happen every year, yet there is potentially that chance with the dawn uh, of a new racing season. I, I, look, I, there are a lot of sports that I follow, especially when it comes time for their championship event. I, I love the World Series. I think it's, it's just a great American event. I enjoy the NCAA basketball tournament, the Final Four. I will pay close attention at that time of year. The Masters, the same thing. And I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that whenever someone has a chance to do something rare or extraordinary in any of these sports, I'm definitely going to pay attention. And chances are that will pique my curiosity enough that when the next year rolls around, and probably the next year after that, I'm going to pick up a newspaper or go online and see if that person, that team, that individual, whomever it might be, are they back? Do they have another shot? Do they have a chance to do something like this again? Kurt Becker is our guest. Good talking to you, Kurt. Uh, we'll do this again real soon, and uh, hopefully we can uh, start talking about uh, horse racing a little bit more on a, uh, a regular basis uh, since, well, more people are talking about it. So uh, I'm sure that's great for you, and that's great for the sport. 
Well, I appreciate the chance to uh, to catch up and, and to visit about Derby and appreciate the coverage that you all give to racing. So, uh, absolutely. I, I, whenever it suits your schedule, let's let's get together and we'll talk racing some more. Great. And if we need to bail you out of an awkward conversation again, let me know. You are I absolutely owe you one big time. Excellent. Kurt, good talking to you. Have a great weekend. And you all do the same. That's Kurt Becker from the Horse Racing Radio Network. Also, you hear him on MRN. Also, the voice of Keeneland. We're going to turn our attention to baseball when we come back from break. David Kahn from the West Virginia Power joins us, and he's been told already, no Survivor TV talk, none of that. And we'll do that when we continue with today's edition of The Drive. The Drive with that tri-state broadcasting legend, man among men, the most talented man on the... Who writes this crap? Here's Paul Swan. Man, that's a little harsh. Welcome back to The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Usually uh, this time we are talking to David Kahn, part of the Swan and Kahn Podcast Radio Network. But instead, um, we're talking to David Kahn, the voice of the West Virginia Power today. Uh, there is a distinct difference because uh, on this segment, since I uh, I have a guest coming up in the next few minutes, it's pre-recorded, so I can't flex that a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to tell people right now. Uh, we can't talk about Survivor. We can't talk about no. Game of Thrones. You haven't seen Avengers Endgame. And honestly, I've got coworkers who haven't seen it either, so we can't talk about any of that. Instead, we've got to talk about the West Virginia Power going for their second sweep of Lakewood. And the fact that the Power uh, are off to one of their best starts ever. They, they really are. Second best start in team history. They're 17-7 and seven here as we enter the finale against Lakewood on Thursday night. And really, it's just been an up-and-down wonderful performance from the pitching staff. For starters, Stephen Moyers, his first really good start on the road last night. The bullpen continuing to you know be really locked down. And, and while Jared Kelnick uh, continues to hit baseballs uh, in places nobody else can get to. So it, you know, it, it's really just been a, a really solid performance from the power on the road so far. And uh, I, it was a weird way the game ended last night. We actually scored the go-ahead run on a catcher's interference in which our batter accidentally hurt the wrist of the catcher with his bat. So he's now on the IL, is that catcher. We scored a run because of it, and then we won the game on a strike him out throw him out double play. David Kahn's our guest, and one thing I wanted to ask you as well is uh, the Power right now enjoying the lowest ERA in the uh, South Atlantic League, but... Logan Gilbert got promoted to high A, so how much of an impact is that going to have? Well, when you lose a guy with the caliber of Logan Gilbert, you're obviously going to have a little bit of drop-off. But, you know, I'm excited about the Dominican uh, kid that we have coming up tonight, Hostias de Los Santos. Uh, he's a 19-year-old, don't really have a whole lot on him. You know, he pitched for the DSL last year, but he's got a really good breaking ball, and the Mariners seem to be pretty high on him. Uh, and obviously they have to be if he's going to come up and replace a guy like Gilbert, who's actually starting tonight in high A for the Modesto Nuts. So uh, we'll be keeping tabs on Gilbert's start. Uh, but, you know, it's tough for us to lose a guy like Gilbert because he was so dominant, but we knew that we wouldn't have him for much longer with the way he was pitching, and he deserves the promotion, and we certainly hope that we never see him again. It feels like, now again, um, we're only a few weeks, few months into this, but it, it feels like the the farm team is really benefiting from a strong minor league system because it just feels like uh, right off the bat, this team is maybe a little bit better initially, a little bit stronger. There's not that many deficiencies. 
And we've seen some power teams in the past work their way through and really excel, but it feels like this team right off the bat is pretty much loaded. You're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right, Paul. Uh, this team is definitely loaded. There are some you know weaker points in the lineup, but some of these guys have been really surprising. Like Guys like Joseph Rosa hitting over 300, that wasn't expected. O'Neill Pena's really solid start to the year. That was a little bit unexpected. Cesar Isturis Jr. Uh, had a nine-game hitting streak and has been a very productive nine-hole hitter. That was a little bit unexpected as well. Um, and really just the caliber of pitching that we've been able to get is unbelievable. Uh, you know, Up and down, one through five in the rotation. Most of the bullpen guys have been really stellar the entire year. Uh, it's a little bit unfair almost to have a team like we do that the Mariners gave to us to start the season because they are so good, and yet it's frustrating at the same time because these guys have so much chemistry and so much talent from playing together in Everett last year, and they understand each other, but yet we cannot find a way to move up in the standings because Delmarva's having a prolific start, and Hickory's right there with him. You've been playing. Um, you've been playing a division schedule that maybe hasn't played to your favor. Is that fair? Because that's going to change soon. Correct. No, you're 100 percent right. Uh, so we're in the middle of our biggest division-heavy stretch of the season. In the month of April, we only played three divisional games, and they were all against Lakewood. We swept them. Now we're in the midst of our third game against Lakewood. Here we play four against Greensboro, and then we have three or four games against Augusta, and then three against Kannapolis. So our next two games are all divisional games. But the problem is, I mentioned Hickory. And Delmarva are the two in front of us and we cannot we don't we don't face them until June we play each of them one series at the end of the first half so those three games between Hickory and us and Delmarva and us could decide who wins the first half in the Northern Division. David Kahn joining us from the West Virginia Power in our most serious interview to date. Um, I did promise I'll let you talk a little Game of Thrones, so I have to I have to honor that promise. I did. Well, I only promise. have one thing to say. There's, there's, there's literally only one thing to say about Game of Thrones, and that is Arya is the baddest person on the face of the earth, and I hope she takes the throne. Who had a better crossover, her or Jordan? Ooh, you know I have to give it to Jordan uh, because I think Arya was more of just a, a deacon, a, a deacon thrust versus a, a crossover itself, and and Jordan's crossover is iconic. But uh, I mean, the, the move that she put on the Night King to officially kill him and you know end that part of the Game of Thrones story was unbelievable, and maybe the most exciting thirty seconds of television that I've seen in quite some time. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you uh, throw this out here. You're on the one yard line you're about ready to score and win the entire game and you fumble um, have you seen a bigger bigger fail at the one yard line the night king was at the one yard line ready to go <laughs> i mean and yes. he had no yes, de- his help defense did not help him at all he had nothing back there i have seen a bigger fail and you know when it was it was when the seattle seahawks decided to throw instead of run with marshawn lynch in the super bowl against the patriots and they lost so you go beast mode that's what you're telling me. you go beast mode you have to go beast mode, of course. He literally took his time reaching back for his dagger and dominating and staring at at Brand for a good two minutes. Like, come on, dude, just do it. Uh, it's his own fault. He wasted too much time. But at the same time, his defense did not help. Yeah, he had nothing back there. I mean, nobody well, was. Yeah, but you got to remember those those his the White Walkers follow him. So if if he doesn't tell them to do anything, they're not going to do anything. Obviously. So, they just stood there, and he was too focused on Brand, and Arya was like, yo, what's up, man, and just stabbed him, and he died. All right, um, David Kahn, our guest from the West Virginia Power. Um, <laughs> we are t- uh, we are time-constrained this week. Um, we um, Unfortunately. Yeah, well, next week we'll be okay. We'll be back on our normal night, and um, we'll okay. – uh, you know, you'll see. You'll have seen Endgame at that point, and then you know. I, I think yes, after, I will. I think I, after I'm a gonna, week, we I'm can spoil see it. it. On Tuesday. 
Okay. I'm going to see Endgame next Tuesday, so right. I will have seen it at that point. Okay. Don't forget, go to your local McDonald's. They have Happy Meals with uh, with uh, Avengers toys if you're into that type of thing. Oh, nice. Okay. I knew you would be. I saw that yesterday when I was getting lunch. I thought, you know, David might like one of these. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I'm a little kid at heart. That's why I call baseball for a living. Exactly. David Kahn, our guest. All right, we did it. Um, we will do it again next week. We'll get back to our normally regular scheduled segment uh, next week. But uh we, um, we've got Teddy Klumper coming up next from the Big Green. It's recorded, so I can't, like, cut him up. That's okay. Yeah. I understand, Paul. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, David. All right. David Kahn, West Virginia Power, when we come back from break. Uh, live on tape, I've got Teddy Klumper. We'll talk what's happening with the Big Green when we continue here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on the drive. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I want to welcome to the program now the Assistant Athletic Director and Director of Athletic Development for Big Green, Teddy Clumper. And always a busy time. We're a few days removed now from the green-white scrimmage. And for a lot of people, they would think, okay, a few months off for everybody at Marshall getting ready for the upcoming fall season. No, not for you guys. You guys get events all over the place. Yeah, it'll be a busy summer, but that was uh, certainly a tease for football season. What, you know, for the first time in, in as long as I can remember, Paul, we had wonderful, wonderful weather. Um, a lot of folks there, I thought, great turnout uh, in the parking lot. You know, of course, all of that benefited uh, the quarterback club and ultimately the big green. And um, I think everybody came and had fun and watched a good scrimmage. I thought the alumni football game, which was the inaugural alumni football game, um, there's some folks I hadn't seen. Garrett Morris and I haven't seen him uh, since I was a student. So I'm sure I just showed his age, but I know he was – he he enjoyed it. A lot of those guys enjoyed it. Cody Slate, I saw him, but I bet some of those guys were a little sore on Monday morning. Yeah, they haven't been out there for a while. And uh, <laughs> I thought what was really great about the weekend was also the fact that you had a lot of guys come back who are in the NFL, who have spent a lot of time in the NFL, and these guys really showed that it's not just you play football at Marshall or you get up to school at Marshall then you move on. I mean, these guys really made a point to come back and talk to the youngsters, talk to the next generation of football players. Well, I think that anyone who went to the Herdsby's, uh, which is our big green dinner, um, on Friday night, I thought Lee Smith did an outstanding job. And I had heard from several several folks who had went to the dinner, you know, hey, you know, you just guys keep topping it year after year. But I thought the message he delivered – um, was was awesome, and you know, here's a starting tight end caliber player in the NFL. That's you know, a, um, a former martial athlete, former football player, um, successful, well spoken. You know, just the type of guy that we, you know, uh, we should be proud of and are proud of. Uh, and I thought the highlight of the event was uh, he had made reference to the walk-ons. Chase Hancock accepted his award and said, uh, uh, Mr. Smith, I'm I'm a walk-on, and I look forward to tackling you someday. So I thought that was cool. But, you know, Doug Ligurski was back. Uh, Albert McClellan was back. You know, and again, those guys are um, – they're great. They're, not only are they great ambassadors for our program, but they're, they, you know, solid players in, in their own right. Teddy Klumper joining us on the program, and Ooh. this is really where – you're going to see a lot of Teddy. If you're a Herd fan, you go to a lot of events, this is where you really – begin, I feel, uh, your run because uh, you're going to be all over the tri-state, all over uh, Herd Nation. Everywhere that there is a big green chapter, you're probably going to be in some spot uh, because you've got a lot of events coming up. 
Yeah, we we start coaches tour. They they probably won't see as much as Teddy, but they will. This is a great opportunity for folks that live. We'll make 13 stops. I think uh, we will. You know, DC uh, is one of the farthest ones away, but and we've got some new ones on uh, on the um, on the docket. But we're excited, and this is an opportunity for donors and fans in this respective areas to hear from Coach Holiday, Coach D'Antoni, Mr. Hemrick about all of the great things they've got going on in their program and what we've got going on for the athletic department. So, um, you know, the, the the schedule does change a little bit, uh, but uh, most of it's finalized and it, it can be found on uh, our herd, you know, herdzone.com, the coaches tour schedule. And if you're in, you know, those areas, we invite you to come out. Most of the events are great. There are a few golf, a lot of dinners, um, but, you know, again, great to feed that football or basketball fix during the summer months. Yeah, how important is that? You're getting new stops, and, of course, you're always trying to grow. You've still got the drive for 35. I believe that's still going on. Of course, the herd rises is the, the big one right now. So just how important is that to always feel like you're growing instead of, yeah, we have a few tour stops this year. No, you guys are going elsewhere and more places, and and really that's what you need every year. Maybe just have uh, you know more stops, more opportunities for fans to really connect with the coaches and the program. Well, we're I'm I'm really excited about uh, we have two you know Greenbrier Valley, you know the Lewisburg area, the Greenbrier Greenbrier Valley Friends of Marshall Club. They formed a new chapter uh, started last year, and they're going to have their inaugural event and um, of course you know we go to the Greenbrier which is you know a major fundraiser for us in the summer but there are a lot of alumni a lot of talented successful alumni uh, big green members in Lewisburg that you know the Greenbrier is in their backyard so it's not as quote sexy to them as it is for those of us that don't have the Greenbrier in their backyard so looking forward to them the Beckley chapter they they've continued to grow and then you know, places all over Lincoln County um, puts on an annual their scholarship dinner every year it's fantastic Logan County, Putnam County, um, like I said, and then we're going to Cincinnati on Sunday. Um, that is the chapter of the year that uh, was awarded by um, the alumni and the university, recognizing you know the outreach of, of those folks there, and that's a that's a pretty big honor. Parkersburg, their former chapter of the year, so we're all over the place. Yes, it's exciting. Yes, it feeds that fix, and um, um, I lost that second question you asked me, but it, it, it again it allows so many people to relate, you know, and interact with our folks, especially as the uh, herd rises campaign kicks off. You know, we've we've got a, a a long and healthy road ahead of us to build that baseball stadium, but I have to say, not one person that we've sat down with, you know, has you know been opposed to it. Everyone's been accepting of it, and the the support is starting to mount for that. Well, along those lines, uh, we talk about growth. How easy, how hard is it to set up a chapter? Because that's really the lifeblood here, and it feels like that's where the growth opportunity is right now to get more communities, more pockets of herd fans realizing that you all can come together and be a strong force for the Thundering Herd now and in the future. Yeah, it's it's somewhat, I wouldn't say difficult to set up a chapter, but you know, we obviously want to you know identify an area where there's a pocket of Marshall folks. Um, identify an area that uh, can have successful events where folks show up and support. And then, you know, we'll usually have an event, bring, you know, an administrator or two or coach, and then, you know, kick them on the coaches tour. You know, Greenbrier Valley has been having success. They had a major uh, bowl game watching party for the bowl. Uh, And then, you know, they did a couple of different events throughout basketball. So they're ready. Uh, We're redoing the chapter in Charlotte 
you know, just some folks that have volunteered, carried the flag there for a long time, stepping off, and, uh, new folks taking on. So it's it's cool. We're growing. And then, um, and again, anytime that we can promote the athletic department, promote our wonderful coaches, you know, to hopefully new people, to what you to your point, it allows us to grow. Teddy Klumper joining us on the program, Director of Athletic Development for the Big Green and going to be a very busy man. So if uh, Hurt fans uh, who are maybe listening to this show live or on the podcast uh, are actually in one of those areas where you're going to be showing up, uh, where they need to go to get the latest information and uh, be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. HurtZone.com, clearinghouse for everything, ticket and development related and the coaches uh, tour schedules on there. You know, you talked about the drive for 35. That was the one that I forgot. You know, we kicked that off. I'm trying to think, Paul. We we've probably talked now three or four times this year, and I think one of the first times we talked, we were launching the drive for 35, and we wrapped that up spring game weekend. We set a goal, which was pretty ambitious, of 600 new members. That was that was started, you know, probably the third or fourth week of January, and ended the first, you know, or the end of end of April, and we met it. We didn't, and it wasn't, well, we were at 590 and we just rounded up. We were legitimately at 600 that Saturday. So that's 600 new members, renewals, lapsed members that are ambassadors uh, went out and recruited. Uh, a lot of ambassadors are made up of our board members, key volunteers, and, you know, really turned the, the key to open doors for, for us. And we're, we're invaluable. They are, they are invaluable, and what they do for us is, is, un, is unbelievable. Next time we get you on, we'll have a few weeks to break down draft day. Uh, we can evaluate then who had a better draft, the Bengals or the Browns. I mean, the Bengals did, but you know, we'll have that debate another day, I'm sure. Well, you know, I don't know about that. I think if you take the number one overall quarter, or cornerback corner back across the board at in the second round, I'd say that's a win. And I'm not really sure that the Bengals have picked up another quarterback, did they? They did get a quarterback, and you saw him at Jones C. Edwards Stadium, unfortunately, beating the herd. I'd say that. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Um, so the, the 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 keys of the car aren't going to Jeff Driscoll. Um, no, 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 they're not. I mean, crazy, <laughs> right? That's, that's, uh, because we don't, for the first time in a long time, Paul, we don't have that problem in Cleveland. <laughs> that is. Am true. I right? You, okay, you might have me there. It might be a tie here, but. Uh, We'll better arm ourselves for this long, protracted war that we have uh, every uh, every time we get together. Um, you know, baseball, we don't even have an argument, so we'll just move on. Uh, we're three-time defending Central Division champions, but hey, that's right. We'll move on yeah, for the good of the herd. We're, we're going to move on. Yeah, exactly. You know, detente here when it comes to that. Uh, basketball, though, we kind of see eye and eye, so we're okay. Hey, that's not bad. You know, one out of three is not bad. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, one out of three. And plus, we can agree on one thing. We don't like Pittsburgh Steelers football. So definitely, you know, we can get along. It could be two out of three. We love the herd and we don't like Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, there you go. I like that. It's a, it's a win-win for everybody. Uh, Teddy Klumper, our guest, Director of Athletic Development for the Big Green. Thanks for doing it, man. I appreciate you coming on. And um, we'll have you back on soon so we can talk about all the things that uh, is coming up for the herd. Thanks so much, Paul, for having me. That's Teddy Klumper. Good talking to him. Uh, I really enjoy getting together with him. And uh, he does a lot of good stuff with the Big Green. And uh, I think they're better for having him on the staff. Again, if you missed any part of today's show, I do want to remind you, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn. We are on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the show. And our top stories today, Marshall football game against Boise State has a time now. On September 6th, you can watch the Thundering Herd 
take on Boise State at 9 p.m. Again, that's a September 6th Friday game, Thundering Herd, 9 p.m. And, of course, lots of action tonight. For those of you listening live, you've got NBA action, Toronto and Philadelphia. That should be a fun one. That's 8 o'clock tonight on ESPN. Boston at Columbus, 7.30 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. San Jose at Colorado, 10 p.m. tonight on NBC Sports Network. For those of you staying up late, I will be with you. Staying up late watching that one for sure. Uh, I'm actually interested in that one a little bit more than the Boston-Columbus series. But sorry, Blue Jackets fans, I am rooting for Boston. It's only a one-game series. Uh, you know, or one, I'm doing it one time. I'm rooting actually against Columbus the entire Stanley Cup playoff. So the team that plays Columbus is the team I'm rooting for. Sorry. That's not where I'm going with my hockey love right now. And that's going to do it for this edition. I want to thank my guests for coming on the program. Kurt Becker, the voice of Keeneland, talking a little bit about the Kentucky Derby. Also, David John from the West Virginia Power and from the Big Green, Teddy Klumper. Appreciate all of those gentlemen. No show on Friday. No show on Friday. Back on Monday at the Union Pub and Grill with Dave Walsh. Until then, have a great weekend. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.